Hey everyone, before we start the show, a quick word from our sponsor, the American Nurse Association, which is a professional group that's trying to advance the nursing practice. It's there for us to help standardize nursing, helps bolster our health and wellness and in every single aspect of nursing. Feeling lucky? Well, the ANA is feeling awfully generous. They're giving away one free copy of Nursing Scope and Standards, fourth edition, as well as some other cool prizes. One winner will receive a MacBook Air, five winners will receive iPad minis, and 15 winners will receive some awesome Sony wireless headphones. Don't forget that this giveaway does not last long, so go to the nursingworld.org or click the description below to enter. I will just get up earlier and I will just outwork everybody. Uh, and that's how I will build and how I will persevere and how I will grow. That's how I will be successful. If you are toxic to the team, if you are toxic to yourself, if you are toxic to the culture, this will not work out. So before anyone ever gets hired, that expectation Ooh, is Oh, I got to go. I've been working, told them, please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bro. Just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog. Swear I paid all my fees. I was starving for this game. Now my fan they can eat. Welcome everyone to the Couple Nurses Podcast with your host, Matt and myself, Peter. Just a quick few words before we start the episode. Make sure you guys check out couplenurses.com. We have a bunch of cool content there. Our vlogs are there. Our YouTube video links are there. And of course, all our show notes or episodes. If you guys want to look back at some information, it's all available for you on that link. And also, don't forget to check out wearefrontlinewarriors.com. We have some very conscious, mindful, and wellness content over there just for anybody that wants to scour the web and just you know spend some time just growing on yourselves and and growing like together as a unit. We also have some cool merch there on both website, Couple Nurses, and We Are Frontline Warriors. Uh, definitely check that out. And don't forget to follow us on YouTube. We have over 1,000 subs on YouTube. We appreciate everybody that checks out on YouTube. And don't forget to give us the likes on all the Spotify platforms, all the Apple Podcasts, and all the audio platforms out there. So, Matt. Good, man. And we do appreciate the, the comments and everything you guys interact with us. We love reading it all the time. It, motivates us to keep on doing what we're doing so on today's episode we're going to introduce you guys to our guest justin allison and justin is currently a chief growth officer at lead health staff justin has been in the travel nursing industry since 2001 he's been the number two employee at an agency from a startup all the way up to owning his own company Uh, we talk about mindset travel nursing living your why we even talk about the podcast a little bit you guys ready for this let's go but, but Justin, give us some of, your, some of your background. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, well, I first want to just uh, extend the both of you gratitude for uh, inviting me on the show today. Uh, fired up to, to chat with you guys and uh, to get uh, you know, into my, I guess, origin story and how it would, I guess, relate to our, our audiences. And you know, I started as a travel nurse recruiter back in 2001, which makes me sound very old, but it was mainly because I was so young at the time. And it was a startup. Um, I was one of the first two employees of the startup that uh, the owner and his business partner actually started out of their house. That was a wild ride. They grew it within about three and a half years from nothing to like a $50 million company. And they sold it to a publicly traded company, you know, successful exit eight figure acquisition. So that was my introduction into the the travel nursing world. And, um, you know, about two years later, we had acquired the same owners of that company, had acquired uh, the assets of another company, so uh, which just means the contracts and their database. And so we started up uh, another travel nursing company uh, for only about a little over a year, and that was then sold off too. So it started, we started getting it going, but then ultimately it stopped because they decided to do something else. Um, and then I hopped on with Rise, um, which I was again, another uh, startup in, in the, the travel nursing space. And that was a historic run for like eight years. And that's really kind of where I got, I grew up in the travel nursing space and, you know, in terms of, you know, leadership and building a team and building a culture and um, just driving, you know, the growth of a, of a company uh, that was also successfully acquired. And 
And then uh, from there, I started up uh, uh, with my brother co-founder. So the first time ever being like an actual owner of these startups with my brother, we co-founded a, a locum tenants staffing company. So that was the first time I ever pivoted out of travel nursing. And so locum tenants is uh, traveling physicians and advanced practice providers. So nurse practitioners and physician assistants. Uh, we were getting that rolling about two and a half years into it, starting to build some momentum. And then this thing called the coronavirus came out of nowhere uh, and kind of blindsided all of us. Uh, and that, you know, uh, basically, you know, killed our momentum there. Uh, but I believe the obstacle is the way. And that led me to partnering up with the owner here at Lead Health Staff, where I'm the uh, chief growth officer. And um, that's where I'm at today. And when I joined a little over a year ago, so June of 2020, um, there was a 10, to 10 total people to include the owner in the company. So again, functioning like a true startup. Um, it is now we've grown it to the, we have 35 internal employees. And, and so I've done basically everything from recruiting to account management, to leadership, to building, growing within the travel nursing uh, community and space. So um, I'm humbled every day by it. I'm grateful, uh, blessed, but uh, yeah, that's a little bit about my background. Justin, you have such a wide experience of everything you've done. And before we like dive into like travel nursing, I'm wondering, what does it take to do what you do? The caliber, the mindset, like what, what does it take? Yeah. I mean, I, I can only speak my, I guess my truth and my experience. And like, so for me, immediately where I go to with that is like, it's just outworking, you know, everybody, your peers, your competition. And like specifically, one of the things I've always like uh, cling to, I guess, uh, is like, I will just get up earlier and I will just outwork everybody. Uh, and that's how I will build and how I will persevere and how I will grow. That's how I will be successful. Uh, so for me, that's really like the catalyst of it all is like, get up at 4am, have a routine, have a habit, um, and the, and attack the day and get a jump start on, on, again, your competition or just what your priorities are for the day. And that has always led to, I guess, success for me um, and just getting up early in the morning, having a routine and, and attacking the day. Yeah, it seems like you're someone that helps building and, and creating things. Is that how you've kind of felt your whole life? Because you've been in a handful of startups, so you, you gave me that vibe. Yeah, no, I, I love that question. And um, to be honest, like obviously early in my career, no, uh, that was not really like, I never was really like, oh, set out to like, I want to lead, I want to build, I want to grow a company. Um, I honestly like going back to the original company is like, I had really no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know that this, this whole industry even existed. Um, and so that the first experience, like I still, after that, I was not like, oh, hey, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, and then it really wasn't till Rise where that, that was where it's like, man, I love hiring, training and developing uh, everyone that comes in because that ties directly into culture. And in, I can only speak to healthcare staffing. There's nothing more important than culture, right? Which is a direct reflection of the human beings that you hire. And so it was going through that process at Rise where I truly like, I love everything about this. I, I love building teams. I, I love leadership and growing a business. And, and so that's when it, it, at some point in time, you know, it clicked for me that I, I do like building this. I actually love this. I, I actually enjoy the team's success now more than I enjoyed my, my own individual personal success, if that makes sense. That's deep. And culture is very important for nursing. I, and when I tell my any nurse that I know, the first thing you do when you interview or if you're on a travel contract, you're talking to the manager, ask them how the culture is, how the environment is, because you need cohesion in the work environment, especially as nurses. So when you do like your hiring, is there something that you look for? Is there traits that create cohesion and make everything stick as a team yes uh yes there is and i feel like you uh you didn't even know this but you just teed up uh, the best softball for me though, that i love about 100 percent. so like we so obviously we have a you know our, a, a very articulated ethos right so which is the character of the team and you know it's a team that provides a disproportionate amount of value a team that is never uh too big to sweep the sheds which means do the little things right and that will um 
give more than it takes and, you know, again, plays the, the ultimate long game. So that's kind of like the summary of our ethos. Now there's very specific traits from empathy to gratitude, to grit, to excellence. I can go on down the list, optimism, self-awareness um, that make up the traits of our ethos. So, so what I do when hiring is I look for those traits in the individuals, right? And those are ultimately non-negotiables uh, as far as the traits in that everyone that's being considered to join our team doesn't matter if it's in compliance, if it's in recruiting, if it's in account management is uh, they, uh, you know, we look for that, we screen for that. And uh, through that is how we create cultural cohesion, right? Um, but it also, one, I guess, important point to this is that um, hiring for character, right, is, is, is what I aim to do every single time. And I will select character over talent every single day and i go through that process through our through our non-negotiable character traits through our ethos traits and look for for individuals that exemplify those and of course that are hardworking and you know passionate about you know providing patient care or you know impacting it how we do through bringing travel nurses to hospitals that are short staffed yeah so, i want to oh, real quick i want to flip it around yeah. uh, just just for like a minute when you hire somebody, let's say you thought they were a good fit and they ended up being, they ended up being not a good fit and being toxic. How do you like figure that out? Like who's a toxic person? How do you get rid of them? Or how do you like, yes. like undo uh, the so, damage? Oh uh, yeah. And you could ask every single person that I've hired at, uh, at lead health staff that I tell, I set this expectation on the front end with everybody. If you are toxic to the team, if you are toxic to yourself, if you are toxic to the culture, this will not work out. So before anyone ever gets hired, that expectation is set that if, if, if you are toxic to the team, the culture yourself, this is not going to work out. So, um, you know, I, again, you know, obviously hiring is a, a risk. Uh, you never really know, even when you feel really great about someone. I've, I've, I've made a lot of great hires in my career. I've also missed, uh, you know, I've, I've had some L's. And so it makes that conversation a lot easier when you hire, so you set the expectations on the front end and then say someone is toxic. And then it's like, okay, you sit down and like, let, let me remind you of the conversation of what we expect here, what we value, which is a team first environment. It is a 1000%. We believe in, you know, sacrificing the me for the we, right? And that's not just internally, because that's what we believe in terms of supporting our clinicians or our clients. Um, and so when you have to have those difficult conversations and you got to confront the brutal truth, but it is much easier to do that when you set expectations on the front end. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Being bluntly open right from the start. So you've been in yeah. the game since 2001 of travel nursing and you talked about character. What are some character traits that make a good travel nurse? Ooh, uh, I, I love everything about this. Um, positive attitude well, immediately comes to mind. Uh, positive attitude. Um, you know, um, positive energy, of course, is just contagious to others around you, um, especially when you guys know this from traveling. It's like you're going into a new environment, um, which is hard. Uh, so I'm, I, I, empathy, I think, is a universal trait that everybody should exemplify. And that's one that I believe in and try to practice every single day with everybody that I come into contact with. Um, now, this isn't a character trait, but I would say one of the biggest traits uh, for a nurse, uh, travel nurse, in order to be successful is flexibility, right? Um, needing to be flexible. Um, you know, obviously, it's you want to have your preferences and you want to know like, hey, well, first of all, why am I traveling, right? Like, what are you, what is your motivation? What is your purpose uh, for wanting to work as a travel nurse? Um, but flexibility is key. Um, and being an exceptional communicator, that's a critically important trait, right? Uh, can you guys, you guys, I'm sure have experienced this. And I'd love to hear a, a story of, of the good or the bad, but of like how communication uh, has either propelled you forward in your, in your traveling career or has, you know, led to, you know, a, uh, uh, un, you know, like undesirable outcome. Um, and so those are for sure, I guess would be the starting points for me. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta uh, have uh, an open mindset, a, a growth mindset, I think to be as a traveler, I think that's a, a very important trait, growth mindset. Um, Cause again, it's like, you're, you're going to be facing a lot of new challenges and adversity. And, you know, we, Matt, you and I talked about this. We all have the ability to choose how we respond to those situations. Right. So am I going to choose to go into this with an open mind? Am I going to go to and, and see the positive in this this challenge or this obstacle um am i gonna fail forward you know after a mistake uh you know all that uh, really important stuff 
So off the top of my head, I think those are you know, some of the most important factors. For sure. From like a recruiter's perspective, what is something that really like annoyed you that a travel nurse did or that would really bother you? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, the, the number one thing is, is, is backing out of, of a contract or an agreement, not following through on their word after the, after they've accepted it. Right. And one thing, this is how going back to when I was a recruiter, which I was for a very long time, true story, uh, you know, and obviously then go moving into training and developing and, and leading large teams of re- recruiters is, you know, I'm very, transparent right i'm going to tell you the good the bad the ugly if if there is in the situation against back to setting expectations on on the front end and you ultimately get to the point of where it's like okay before we move forward right before we even submit you for a job is there anything outside of the pending interview that would keep you from accepting an offer if there is okay cool let's talk about let's talk through that let's figure let's solve that problem before we move forward so at the point of presenting you for that opportunity we've gone through every Everything, compensation, job, hospital, the, the, the work environment, the culture, what do I know about this facility, the location, housing, you know, all the all the common deal breaker stuff, right? It go through all that on the front end. So again, it, yeah, and it's a hundred percent. I'm not a self-serving salesperson. I, I actually push nurses to say no, I don't want to get submitted, right? Because I want to make sure that they're hundred percent bought in. This is the right fit for them. And so, but if we get to that point, like, okay, yeah, no, there is nothing outside of the pending interview um, that would keep me from accepting an offer. And, and so we, we, we go through that process and, you know, interview goes, well, they accept, sign a contract, but then, you know, they ultimately back out. That's the number one thing. Um, and, and, and I, I get it, life hap- happens, but I'll, I'll be very honest. I've, I've talked about this too. I mean, of course, talk about it with my team internally, but I, I think this is a good moment uh, to, to, to bring this up right now is because you guys have me thinking about it is like, the other thing is that true family emergencies happen, right? Like that, that does happen, obviously. And so super empathetic to that, but it, and I've been, keep in mind, I've been in this industry for 20 years. Like Travel nurses use the family emergency excuse all the time to back out of agreements. And hospitals know this. Hospitals know it. We as agencies know that 98% of the time it's not true, which is very unfortunate for the 2% when it is a real situation. So that hands down is another thing um, that is it's frustrating. But you know, we're, we're all humans. So, you know, got to, got to roll with the punches. Yeah. I'm curious from an internal standpoint, does the travel agency take a hit when they sign a contract and the nurse leaves? Is there penalties that yeah, you guys they pay? can there? Yeah. Their hospitals can't, they, they, I mean, it's pretty much written in every contract that they can impose fines and fees on it. Uh, you know, full transparency. Does that happen every time? No. Uh, can they do it every time? Yes. Um, it's just depends on the situation. Uh, so, and yeah, it definitely does happen, but I would, you know, again, it's, it's a case by case basis. What's like the job outlook for travel nurses? Cause you were definitely in the game for X amount of years. Have you seen like a steady increase in the jobs available and travel nurses coming into the market? Yeah. It's, I mean, the shortage has grown year over year over year and it's the forecast too. you put the pandemic aside, which we'll, we'll dig into that obviously, but put the pandemic aside is the nursing shortage in the forecast over the next two to three, five to 10 years is just going to multiply. Right. Um, and so that's not going away. The demand, uh, has always been there. Of course we have, you know, our historically, you know, slower times during the summer. And then as you guys know, in the winter time, things obviously pick up because people are sick censuses go up in the hospitals etc um so yeah that i mean the demand just grows year over year and um sadly there's going to be a nursing shortage for a very long time probably for the rest of the time all of us are in you know actively you know uh, in, in this space and you guys working as nurses and you know me being on the other side of it um and with like the pandemic um to talk a little bit about that right now, like the actually like the current state of it right now, again, with what, you know, I call like kind of the, the uh, crisis boom uh, round two, right. Um, is it's crazy. Like it is insane. The amount of job orders we're getting in and it's just accelerating like every day, every week over the last like six weeks. Um, of course the, the rates are just skyrocketing back up to the eight to the $9,000 a week contracts. Uh, great, great, uh, point. I was just reading an article actually, uh, yesterday, um, 
is Hawaii. Uh, you guys might have saw this. Hawaii just got approved like $46 million in funding to bring in 500 travelers um, because to help fight COVID right now, which I know is big for you guys going to uh, going to plan on going to Hawaii. That I just read that. I think it was yesterday morning. I saw that article. 46 million, 500, over 500 travelers. Contrast, or to give some context rather, to uh, uh, the, the uh, COVID boom last year that started in the in the fall, you know, uh, they brought in um, like over 200. So they're planning to bring in over 500. So what does that say? That says that this round is going to be even crazier than what we experienced. Uh, and it, it, I, I mean, I, I can't go on record. I don't have, you know, crystal ball, obviously, and predict anything. But like, even before reading that article, the sense we've had internally is that this this round two is going to be even crazier in terms of the demand for the the, the healthcare providers, the clinicians like yourselves. And, and uh, it's I don't see it slowing down. I, I would be so shocked if like if it slowed down over the next four months, it might plateau at some point, we could be there. But like, even if we plateau, it's it's just crazy right now with the demand. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's like a, almost like an emotional roller coaster because like as a nurse, it's it sucks because you know, this pandemic is here and you're gonna have to deal with a lot of extra shit that you have to deal with. But like the positive aspect, you get you're gonna get paid more. So like nursing is like almost like a double edged sword right now. Like you're, you're not sure how you should feel. You should be happy that you're getting paid more or should you feel upset because there's people getting, getting sick. So nursing is definitely an interesting field to be in right now and healthcare in general, because you're getting worked like on both sides. And like Warren Buffett said, you know, don't let a good crisis go to waste. And this is what I feel like travel nursing nurses are doing. You know, it's, it's a pandemic. There's contracts there. Let's make some money, even though it does suck because people are dying, but you know, might as well get some benefit out of this especially if 100%. you're mm-hmm. go ahead Justin go, go ahead sorry no, no, go ahead go ahead paper scissors rock yeah I was just saying that it's you know it's unfortunate but those nurses that want to pay off debt really quick or get fueled to start a side passion or side hustle whatever case might be this is a good opportunity for that and I just wanted to take it a step back with the whole nurse recruiter relationship so you've been on the other side for such a long time if you are a nurse that's going into travel nursing and it's your first time, you have no idea what to look for. I find the nurse pay, uh, nurse recruiter relationship to be very, very important. What are some things that you could tell our viewers as a nurse to look out for, for a good recruiter? For, for a good recruiter? Yeah. So um, 100%. And so I guess one quick side note to that for all like new travelers or someone like before you even reach out to a recruiter uh, at least go through this kind of mental process of like first understand why are you traveling as a nurse right why do you want to travel is it because it's the pandemic and you can make eight grand a week pay off some student loan debt fantastic right or you're like you know what hey i just want to go to one of the the hot spots and really help because it, it, it it's in such you know dire straits um there's a million reasons right everybody travels for a different reason right um there's some common common threads you know the, the high paying flexible lifestyle that you know travel nursing uh, offers um but first understand why you you want to travel and what's important to you what your preferences are because this is then going to tie into your your question is like you need to be able to communicate that and articulate that to a recruiter right um so they can best serve you and they can best support you in your success uh, for your next career move so one of the biggest things to look for in a good recruiter are they a good listener right or are they a great listener do they actually listen to what you're telling them and are they asking the right questions right are they asking those questions of tell me why you're you're interested in traveling nursing you know like what 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 has inspired you to pursue this right uh you know what are going to be the most important factors for you what are going to be the deal breakers um outside of just like tell me how much money you want tell me what city you want to work in yes that stuff's all very important but dig a little deeper and you know great recruiters will do that they will ask they'll do you know uh 20% 20% of the talking, 80% of the listing, right? Good recruiters. Um, and so you, that, that would be one of the very first things I would look for if I was a nurse, right? Like what are, what questions are they asking? Are they listening to me? Are they able to like articulate back to me what I just told them? Um, and that is, I mean, 
huge. Uh, communication, again, which is a two-way street, but 100% is, your, is the recruiter responsive, right? Are they communicating in a timely fashion? Is their response rate at a, you know, is it a high velocity response rate uh, to, to, to your communication or when you need something urgent? Um, th those are going to be the, the biggest things to, to look for in a good recruiter. On the flip side, avoid, <laughs> avoid like the black plague the self-serving salesperson man anyone that's pushy that anyone that doesn't want to provide you with value or put your your interest before theirs hit the eject button immediately if you're if you're a travel nurse like 100 percent um there and the, here's the unfortunate thing is are the there is more recruiters that are self-serving salespeople in our industry unfortunately so I've, i'm like beyond like so empathetic to like the nurses that have a bad experience and get like kind of you know a little jaded by all the recruiters that they talk to that are, are self-serving so again what does a good recruiter look like it's someone that that listens that is empathetic that um, can tell you the things that you don't want to hear right meaning like uh i, I you know what i i'm not going to be the best resource for you because i can't yeah i i can't support that meaning i i, I can't get you that assignment based on what you're looking for so i would based on that i would encourage you to you know you know work with another recruiter and again this is the most counterintuitive advice i think in the last 10 years is like it, if you're a new uh, nurse you should work with multiple recruiters right like that's just the reality of the game and that's what's common is and i'm curious what your guys thoughts are on this too so flip flip this we'll flip this and you guys tell me from your perspective but it's like typically it's like a, a travel nurse will have their main recruiter and then they'll have a couple you know side recruiters companies so like on average like three companies recruiters that they're you know they're communicating with on a regular basis when they're when they're traveling um so that's another huge thing. But what are your guys' thoughts on that kind of last part? I'm curious. Yeah, we definitely always have more, more than one agency that we look into just because you know how it is. Some, some agencies might have the same contract, but they might offer different pay. So the first thing that every nurse looks looks into is the pay. Yeah. Am I going to get paid enough? And, and am I, am I going to get paid well? And then secondly, nurse usually looks at the experience. Is this a city that I, I want to go to? Because this paycheck's nice, but if I'm only doing three shifts and I'm in the middle of like boofu, like, Arizona, where it's just desert around, I'm probably not gonna not gonna Pigs take Knuckle, that. Arkansas. Yeah, like running California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that's that's not too far from me. But I, 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 I had to throw I'm that one Chico, in there. So it's a yeah. So there's always two aspects of the contract. It's always the pay and the and experience. Sometimes if a, if a nurse is just going for the pay, they're not gonna really care about the experience. They doesn't want that chunk of money, and that's they're gonna hit the highest contract. But a lot of travel nurses aren't going there just for work. Not every and not every nurse is going for a crisis contract, so they're only going to be working three or four days, days a week. So that leaves three or four days also for them on the table. So they want to also enjoy themselves. And what I like the most from my recruiters is if I'm picking a location, they know a little bit about the location. They'll tell me like a few recommendations of a restaurant to go to, maybe like where the gym is, where to go, where not to go. Because man, and I have been on on both sides of the spectrum where we did one contract through an agency and they were just pushing us to sign this, this deal. That was our first one. Yes, like they were making it seem like, hey, this is the only contract out there. If you don't sign it, someone's gonna else sign it. You only got like three hours. Yeah. And it was at one point when Matt and I were like shopping at a store for something. We literally hopped out of the store, hopped in a car to go over our contract with a recruiter. She's like, you got one hour, yeah. man. Hospital needs to know. I'm like, what the heck's right. going on? They pushed this just giant urgency and, and took advantage of us being first time travelers. We didn't know what the hell to do. And the money looked nice because it was we were getting paid more than what we were getting paid in Chicago because we we're going to work in Oakland. So obviously the, the pay is going to be a lot different. And and even though we, we knew later on that, hey, we kind of got screwed over because we could have got paid a lot more than what we what we, what we got. And that recruit experience is a giant factor. And now I don't always look at the, the money. I also look at the recruiter and, and how they act and how they communicate because I'm really sacrificing a few hundred dollars a week and have a good recruiter that I know is going to be on top of things and I'm going to have a good time with and be able to communicate on like a weekly basis. And I know it's going to set me up for success in the future compared to just making a few hundred extra dollars with somebody that I don't really have full faith in. Yeah. She, she did, she did yeah. buy you a cake for yeah. your birthday. So I feel like yeah, she yeah. felt bad for us from getting to throw that in there. She better about a skate. You should have got two cakes, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, um, I want to take this. Yeah, I mean, that's... Go ahead. I was going to switch Go the ahead. topic. So I want to finish the recruiter. Go ahead, Justin. Yep. No, no, I was just going to say, like, don't don't let like your guys' time is so valuable. Like, don't let recruiter this again for anyone that listens. Don't let recruiters waste your time. Right. And again, back to your guys, one of your guys questions is like a good recruiter won't waste your time. They'll be up front, you know, too. So 
Um, like you were saying, thing just to keep if they just, if they just see you as a mucking as a walking money sign, you probably shouldn't go with them. And that's like a good good tip for life in general. If you have like friends or coworkers or people that you hang around with that just see you as like a money sign and just see you as like a like a, like like a piece of money instead of like a human being, then you should probably stay away from them as well. You know. And and I like how before we even you know interrogate the recruiter if the, you know they're the perfect fit, you kind of took it back and you said start with why. And why is that so important to figure that out? Woo! Uh, I love this. Um, I have to give a shout out to uh, Simon Sinek, the author of the book, Start With Why. And um, after consuming that uh, exceptional piece of content years ago, that's like where it really like got burned into my mindset of why, well, no pun intended, it is so important. Um, and for me, it's like, it gives you that like North Star, man. Like that, like there's that, that guiding presence of like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, why, like for, for me, it's like, why am I showing up every day here at lead health staff to, to positively impact patient care, to positively impact uh, the nursing shortage, to positively impact every human being that's on my team? Like, you know, why am I doing that? Uh, and, you know, like, why am I passionate about that? And it's like, well, it's like, I want to, you know, leave a legacy, you know, I want to leave that long, that ongoing impact, right. And for me on a personal level and professional, it's basically the same as like, I want to positively impact anyone that I come into contact with. And, and so it's about that legacy, which is the ultimate long game. And so once you go through that, and it takes time, I get again, just can speak from my own personal experience, like, sitting down, thinking through it, talking it out, writing things out, like trimming it down, trimming it down at the core. What is, what does it mean? And it means something different for, for everybody. Right. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's like legacy, uh, it, you know, is the ultimate long game. And, you know, that's, uh, something that, you know, I'm super passionate about, um, and, you know, fired up to, you know, ex- try to execute on every day. And, it, and it's, it's a work in progress, you know, it, it truly is. Uh, and it's, it's just, a, you know, being, you know, once you've, you've figure that out number one number two you can actually articulate it like what is your why you know uh and then you know just every day showing up and you know attacking uh and and you know not losing sight of that because it is that i i can i can speak about myself man like i'll be very honest like sometimes you can lose sight of that in the grind right but then you you come back to it and it like it, it will help recalibrate your mindset is and it'll, it'll it'll give you that peace uh in like okay i got this man i can power through anything because this is my intentions this is what i this is why this is important to me and this is what i want to do so yeah i think that's a good really question to ask important. yeah i think people should be asking themselves the why question with a lot of things that, that they do in life especially if they've been doing the same thing over and over again like i say it's someone that's been like trying to change but stuck uh, stuck in the same dead-end job for years, they should probably reevaluate and, and ask them, why are they working this job? And I feel like for travel nurses, it's very important to also ask themselves why they're, why they're traveling. Usually, like I said, it's going to be money, but it could be for other reasons and it's okay. A lot of nurses travel just for a new experience, just to try out a different state. And you, know, you, should, let the, you should let your recruiter know that because then they could better gear these packages and contracts toward you. Because if you're going to go for like an experience and it's say, Let's just say someone says, I want to try a different state out and they pick Missouri and they're coming from like Oklahoma where it's like, if you're going for experience, why would you really pick Missouri? Why don't you try like a coastal state where you might have some water activities where you could explore that, that kind of, of, of things instead of just being stuck on land all around. So it's very important. The why question is hugely important for almost every aspect of your life because you have to understand literally why you're doing these things. You're not just blatantly doing these things because if you're just doing it just, just to do it, you're going to get stuck in a rat race and you're never going to kind of improve or, or change any aspect of your life. And you're, not, you're also not going to know when you, when you meet your goals because a lot of times like with nursing school, imagine if we never asked ourselves after nursing school, like, like why? Like why do we do nursing? Why, did we, why are we staff? We would have never found out about travel nursing. Right. That's something that I feel like everybody should be asking themselves almost on a daily basis. Like why do we do, do certain things? Why do we want these things? And you can find out a lot about yourself. Yep. And if you, if you like one other point, you're making me think I just add one or one other point to this and why it's just to the general, why is that important? And like, and when you can figure that out and what that means for you beyond anything 
you know, superficial material, et cetera. And you can understand like, this is something I'm truly passionate about. Then the game will change when you are faced with adversity. It will feel the grit and the perseverance of the grind of when you understand I have a deeper sense of purpose to what I'm doing and why I'm showing up every day. Like I, I, I would say, I go, I guess go as far to say like, man, like you, you, if you don't understand what your why is, then it's going to be a lot easier to, and when it's a, again, when it's connected to a deeper sense of purpose too, to clarify, like it's going to be easier to burn out. It's going to be easier to give up when things get really hard. And guess what? Uh, well, what? life is hard. <laughs> Building something is hard. Being a nurse is insanely hard, right? Like having to sacrifice, you know, with, you know, every 12 hour shift and providing that patient care to the patient and their family. Like what you guys do is insanely hard. And so like, Hey, if, you have a, a a deep sense of purpose as to why you're a nurse other than just making you know nine thousand dollars a week uh you're gonna have a much longer fulfilling career um and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong or disagree with me on the nursing side i'm obviously not a nurse but i, I would imagine it will help with the longevity just you're wrong only only ten thousand a week would make you happy <laughs> <laughs> no it, it it goes deep justin because i feel like what you're describing is a problem that we have in society where we don't you know everything becomes so automated and we just feel like we're just like the the cog on the wheel is we we can't tap into that purpose and just like you say is we, we, you can't be motivated every single day, but you could have that internal fire, that inspiration, that that compass that you said that's just guiding you, that's just dragging you up, and you just know where you have to go with direction. And however long it takes you to start that, you know, that that's on you. And I would just kind of, I'm kind of curious. So you said so we we need to assess the why. How often do you take time to assess your why, your goals? Do you have like a weekly thing monthly? Yeah. Do you have like a CEO day that you take out once a week that you block everything out? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, it's, I guess it's, for me right now, like I'm fortunate that I talk about our why like on like a daily basis, like, you know, whether it's with our team and not necessarily with our team every day, but I'm also like hiring all the time. So I'm constantly talking about our why. Um, and so I don't have like, a, I, I love uh, what, like what, what, where you were going with that. Like I probably should have a dedicated specific time, but I feel like I talk about it so much every day um, or it's, it, you know, a day or two doesn't go by, you know, more than a day or two where we're not talking about it. Uh, so it's always front of mind, um, you know, because, because of that. And I think a lot of that is just a reflection because, you know, building a small, uh, small company and hiring and growing and, you know, bringing people in and, you know, uh, you know, made that align with our wire that are, that are, you know, excited, fired up to help us execute on our why, you know, as an organization. So it, for right now, it's, it's always top of mind because of the environment that I'm in, if that makes sense. You're yeah. tapped into it. Yeah. Um, I have a cool question yeah. on a kind of the business, the business uh, side of things is what's like the hardest obstacle that that you kind of ran into when you're starting up these companies or you're helping up startups what's like one big thing that people run into or even you ran into yourself yeah um i mean i honestly it's hiring the right people i i mean that's kind of I'm kind of already touched on that but that is early on right until you really figure out like who it is you're the you know again the character traits for for me for us like until you and it take you have to go th you have to go through a process you have to go through a lot of failures and and figure you know figure all that figure all that out and that that uh is i think will will always uh be in a startup environment be one of the the biggest challenges um is just hiring the right people because uh you and you can't have you know expectations that you hire someone that they're going to be as fired up as you as a leader or co-founder of a company um you know to help you build this right they're not going to have that same passion that you have so you set recalibrating your own expectations for when you bring those people in um and that you know they're they're obviously here to uh, help you know uh, help you build this but they're they're not necessarily gonna you know people have lives too like i mean you can't expect like i would never expect someone to like i work all the time and like it's like that's just who i am and like you know it's like and and so i don't expect you know someone that i just hired to be a recruiter to to work you know seven days a week like that would be silly of me you know um, so i think back to your question that hiring the right people is always going to be uh, one of the biggest challenges of, of starting up a company i think also too is like are you uh 
I, I mean, I've, I've stuck to really all I've known, you know, healthcare staffing. So it's like, you know, is like, if you're trying to, you know, start a company in a space you've never done anything in, I think that would be insanely challenging. Um, I, I guess I don't personally have experience with that now that I'm saying this out loud, but uh, I, I would say stick to what you know, or what you're good at, or even more important, back to the why, what you're actually passionate about, right? Um, if, if you're starting a company, you're gonna, you're gonna build, build a business, but hiring people, man, it, it's hard to get it right, you know? Yep. And then one more thing for travel nursing, what's like the hardest thing uh, that, you, that you've seen uh, travel nurses struggle with when they're like starting, maybe starting off or, or doesn't really matter how much experience they have. What's like the one thing that travel nurses struggle with the most when dealing with recruiters that you've seen? With the recruiters? Um, so that's a great question. Um, I, I mean, I would just say the uh, understanding the process and understanding the expectations. I'll, I'll get a little more narrow here. Onboarding, 1,000%. Onboarding, and that if you're, if you're new to travel nursing and understanding the heavy lift that it takes. After, like there's all the excitement. You interview, you get an offer, you're pumped, we're pumped, you get a contract in place, and then guess what? Onboarding begins, and it's a heavy, heavy lift. Uh, so that is a challenge. Uh, we are very, because we know, and we try to use foresight, you know, early and often, um, and, and be proactive, um, you know, about things that we know we're going to need upstream. And so compliance onboarding, we start, you know, uh, educating our nurses to like, Hey, let's, we have some, we we're submitting you for a job. Go ahead and send me your physical, your, your PPD, your titers, et cetera. So we can just stack a, a little small win because every little win builds the momentum for the big wins, which is ultimately getting you cleared to start your assignment. Uh, cause you guys have to do a lot of modules. You guys gotta, gotta go get, you know, drug screens. You gotta, you, you guys know the drill and like that, that is a challenge. And it's like, you know, Hey, understanding what is expected of me once I get to that point of a contract is signed and onboarding begins. Yeah. I call it the two week warning. You know, there's like a two minute warning in football. <laughs> Same thing, man. It, shit just hits the fan those last two weeks. Yep. When it, yeah. when it comes to getting no, your car it's, it's, transport. Yeah. 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 No. And that's actually another thing when you, for when you, I was like, I was, as you were building up to ask that question, I would say not necessarily specifically like with the recruiter relationship, but it's what Matt was just getting into right there is like one of the biggest challenges early on is like, Oh, I'm going to this new location. I have no idea about housing or, or any, like my way around this city or this new location. And then going into a brand new environment, especially if you're, if you're a brand new travel nurse, man, that can be overwhelming and it can be, you know, can cause anxiety. It can cause stress and, and that's hard. It is a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things we didn't cover on this episode, but that nursing side is when you begin, when you, you just have to it's like you're peeling an onion almost like you're just peeling a layer of your life and you're letting go everything, your friends, your family, your environment, you're your, crying, your crying, your work environment. Yeah. And it's just you're just going into a new place. But one thing I love about this is the growth. The growth I had from travel nursing is irreplaceable. Me being put into a different city, state, job, um, the way you have to um, overcome adversity, it just really grows you, probably grows you equal to moving out on your own if yeah. not more yeah yeah i mean dude that's 100 percent. is like adversity is like the the number one accelerator of growth like in in all aspects of it i i do want to quote actually as is uh so my, my do you guys are you guys connected with uh my man q q the nurse uh he's he's on social he was on, on on my podcast he said in the podcast he's like travel nursing is exciting until it isn't. And he was talking about what we were just like the, the challenges of when you're starting a new assignment for the first time, the location, all that. And like, that's, that's very true. Yeah. I have a question because I've always wondered this from a travel nursing perspective, agencies never give you the hospital that the contract is for until you sign that contract. Is there a reason why that happens? Because I was always curious on what, what hospital I'm going to work at, what hospital is contract from, but no one would ever tell me until I actually agree to that contract. 
Oh, well, I don't know who I don't, I'm not going to ask you what agencies we're not going to blast anybody. I don't believe in that. Uh, I don't I mean, we do. We're very transparent up front. So that uh, is honestly seems a, a little odd, questionable, whatever company or companies that don't disclose. that. No, not always. No, because they always give us like a location when you look at the contracts, but not until you actually agree to it. Do you get that information? We never got it uh, before. Only time we got it beforehand is because we knew somebody more internally than a regular uh, recruiter. I've never had that issue. But like when we went to uh, Oakland, <laughs> they never they never told us what hospital it's going to be before we signed it. Um, they always usually say, like, hey, Alta Bates, or when I went to um, California, they'll say where I'm going to. Because I, I want to do hospital research. It's different if you're on the job boards. Mm. And the job boards, they don't give that out to you. Yeah. Uh -huh. Maybe that's. Yeah, so on that, yeah, like on the marketplaces, which like you know, like that. Sometimes that's not listed, and uh, you know, sometimes we or we don't uh, necessarily list list that either. Um, you know, on like 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 Vivian, for example. Um, and so, but I mean, if you in the moment you connect with one of my recruiters, I mean, if it's like for example, it's not listed on the marketplace, they will tell you what hospital that's at, and so uh, we try to. I mean, we 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 try to give as much uh, all the information that we know uh, for every assignment what you know facility location etc um and be I, I mean we live in a transparent world and it's just and you nurses want transparency and we're we're all in on that like in giving transparency um you know i think it's it's super important this this year in time so i, I want to ask uh, if i can if i can ask a question actually to uh so in california because we're talking about california a lot because you guys have traveled here what what uh hospital has been your guys's favorite uh facility to work at in california so far um, I don't really have a favorite. I I like the one that worked in Santa Monica and uh, Pasadena. They were they're both awesome. Um, like just travel because we were nurses in Chicago, so I feel like any hospital in California is so drastically different from Chicago nursing, where I enjoy it more no matter what. I don't really have a favorite because they treat us well in in both hospitals that that we went to for our last contract. But I just like nursing in California in general, because it's a little bit, you could say less hectic and you feel more supported compared yeah. to what it is here. What I would say is I have a worst, which would be when I worked in San Diego, I worked for one of the Kaiser locations and that's my first and hopefully my last time we'll ever work for Kaiser. It's just because of the way the hospital makes you feel. So you just feel more like you're just a troop in the hospital. You just get placed wherever you float multiple times. Um, I don't personally think it's healthy or I don't think it's safe for patient safety at all mm -hmm. because of the way we juggle yeah. patients all the time. So that's that was probably a negative experience I had working as a travel nurse in Cali. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think the Kaiser floating policy is unique. And that is I mean, that's hard work because they're like, you know, at least in California, the, the only facilities that they will float you during your shift. And I imagine that's probably part of your experience that you didn't enjoy is actually floating during the, the shift. And it is hard. And uh, it, it it is not, uh, you know, it's not easy, especially when you're trying to provide, you know, the best patient care as possible. If you're getting new assignments every four hours. Um, and that's like with, but I will say, I will say, uh, you know, that um, we work a lot with Kaiser um, and they're actually, you know, one of our, our bigger clients. And so um, they're not all bad, meaning there are uh, hospitals that are, you know, I mean, there are some, you know, a lot of great uh, facilities and, you know, and again, it's, sometimes it's, it's, it's not always just, the, the, the hospital as a whole, it's, it can just be the, the, the culture of a specific unit. And this isn't just Kaiser related. This could go for any facility, but that where it's like, Hey man, that's just bad leadership, you know, on the unit at that, you know, community hospital or whatever facility it is. And, and so, um, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the entire facility uh, is a horrible. Uh, and you, and you make a good point about that because for example, when there's a unit full of travelers, uh, usually there should be like a floating schedule or some kind of binder that tells us who's the last person that floated when it comes to travel nurses and even staff. So if I'm a traveler and I, I keep getting floated multiple times, but another traveler isn't, I think that's unfair and it's just a poor system because everybody deserves a fair, fair uh, slate of getting uh, floated and working on your desired unit. Yeah. And they both yeah, did that no, for 100%. us in, in both hospitals. Yeah, I haven't had the Kaiser experience. But it's also like, like perspective at a time of year, you could probably say, because I'm not sure every nurse gets floated as hard as you probably did. And some and I'm, some nurses probably do like getting floated. They probably maybe don't want to be stuck in the ICU all the time. Maybe they're kind of um, would like an experience somewhere else where they're not doing the same thing over and over again. They prefer a different unit, you know. 
I, I prefer just to stick with ICU. So I guess it's just on a perspective basis. Like I don't, I don't like getting floated. I don't, I don't mind getting floated like once in a while, but if I'm getting floated like twice a week and I'm only working three days, like I, I would, I would hate that too. Yep. Like it's not my thing. I prefer just to stay in the ICU. Yeah, was, what, what do you guys think? I'm curious to get you guys on, on this whole topic, but more when we're with like looking at patient care and like how patient care suffers when like, or, you know, does it suffer when you're having to float at that? kind of frequency rate so i think patient care suffers so when you look at shifts like you can see the difference between the eight hour shifts uh hospitals and like the 12 hour shifts i feel like a lot of things get lost in communication with nurses working eight hours instead of 12s because we worked eights in oakland and i feel like things didn't get get passed on properly and what probably leads to but it's kind of kind of biased because i mean we work that in that one place but what i've noticed from the eight hour shifts is things get lost in translation and the patient care isn't as good as the 12 hour shift uh, nurses. Yeah, uh, I would definitely say that it does suffer. Let me give you a quick little example. So you you are a nurse, you're taking care of a patient, and this patient specifically has a little bit of dysphagia. So you have to crush the meds and put it into applesauce. That's not going to be on the electrical uh, electronic medical record that this patient needs applesauce. Uh, you have four or five different patients because you're floating in like PCC or med surge. Hey, it's 11 o'clock at night, or let's just say 3 a.m., you got to go to a different unit. You got to drop all this here. Give report. Now you're rushing to give report. Let's just say you missed that crucial information that that patient needs their meds crushed in applesauce. The ongoing nurse never asks you that question. Sometimes that's just how it goes. 6 a.m. comes around. You're giving meds. Patient has dementia and you just shove them pills and they can't swallow. That could lead into aspiration. You get pneumonia. You can even end up on a ventilator. So that's just one little example, but definitely you'll miss information and it's just better for the patient if you get that longevity of care with one nurse. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. But yeah. if you're going with uh, like how, great. if you're going yeah. with how patient care differs from hospital to hospital, I think so far in California, the, the, the patient care has probably been, been about the same. I, yeah. I think uh, even the weird thing is even with like the staffing ratios and everything, I think the patient care in the Midwest and the patient care in California is, is still about equal. But I just feel more comfortable and more relaxed working the California ratios compared to working the ratios in the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a huge, I mean, that that's a huge draw to travel to California too, is the ratio. That's that's one of the reasons why a lot of nurses want to come to California because of the of the patient ratio mandate. So it's a lot better um, on your mental health. And it, it takes a giant stress away from you. Yeah, it's it's better for you as a clinician. It's it's better for the patient. I mean, the whole experience, the whole outcome is positively impacted with you know with the ratios, or it contributes to you know uh you know a higher you know success rate with the with the care. Because this the same nurse could let's say like insert an NG tube, like the same like a nurse is going to insert the NG tube the same way in in Chicago as she is in in, in LA, but the difference is going to be the patient interaction. Because if you're if you're more stressed out, more kind of burnt out in the Midwest because your ratios suck, you're not going to always give like positive reinforcement or like or, or positivity to your patient or have a good conversation because you're tired, right? You want to get in there, put the NG tube in and leave. Compared to in California where you kind of have a little bit more time because you have more support where you can actually talk to the, this patient through it instead of just going in, doing doing the task and then minus leaving. Yeah. I feel like in California, you have a, there's a better mental approach to two things. The, the physical and patient care is about the same, but like the mentality and like the health of the nurse, I feel is definitely a lot better yeah. in California. It's like, how can you provide empathy yeah. and getting to your patient yeah. when you're freaking drowning in tasks right. to do? How can you like emotionally satisfy your patient or somebody else if you can't emotionally satisfy yourself because you're always burnt out and you're always tired? You, it, it can't work like that. Yeah, that's, that's why I... I yeah, you were just, I saw something, I mean, I, I just think today is like self-care, uh, like it's so important and you got to take care of yourself uh, so then you can make a, a, you know, a more positive impact on your patients, right? Um, and I mean, that's, that's true across the board. I mean, I for sure believe in that and understand it's a, you know, it's self-awareness too, like, hey, like, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a bad spot, state of mind, burnt out, whatever, stressed out, guess what? that's going to affect my patient care. I, I think about that, not in the patient care term. I mean, of course, like in my team, but like on a personal level, like with my kids, you know, like being a dad, like I apply that, like, I'm like, man, you know, I could be, I could be fired up, stressed out about something going on, all these fighting, all these fires all the time. But man, my, my, my children deserve the, the, the best, they don't, the best version of me as a dad, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta figure myself out first so I can go be a, be a positive, uh, uh, you know, dad to my kids. So, 
I don't know. That's just kind of how I relate. Hundred percent. Like, you, if you can't be happy with yourself, like you're never gonna be happy with somebody else. And that's why some some relationships fail is because no one's truly happy with themselves. So how are you gonna bring somebody else along? If you can't, if you don't know how to make yourself happy or know how to make yourself happy, you can't make anybody else happy. Yeah, because yeah, because how, how many times have you like had a stressful day at work and you don't talk to anybody about it or you don't bring it up that somebody pissed you off or you had a had a big workload and you come home. And for some reason, you're, like, you're irritable and like your wife says something or a girlfriend or a kid says something and you like explode for no reason. And it just carries over from work. And that's how I feel nursing is, is, is too, especially without these ratios in the Midwest. There's nurses that are completely different people inside and outside of work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's wild. And it's all, it's all about emotional health and mental yeah. health. Justin, we need a nursing revolution. Emotional health, emotional health. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I said we need a nursing revolution. But that's a, that's a side note. Yes. I'm I'm all in it, man. I'm all in on it, man. Tell me what I can do. What I, what do I need to do? We need we need the call map for nurses. <laughs> yeah, I love. Yeah, the call but that's maps. but for, for me, that's putting a bandaid on the problem. Like I want I want to switch the the from a government standpoint. Like how can we put? We should, a, we should make the CEO always work bedside. Yeah, give him a little. You know, have have him wipe a little bit of butt. Justin, have you ever wiped a little bit of butt? <laughs> Uh, I have I have three kids. So I've oh, wiped yeah, a lot of butts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just the crazy not, thing about not on adults. But the crazy thing about nursing, especially being a dude, kid. is is I never ever ever imagined my life revolving around having to wipe ass. Like never. Even if when yeah. I when I enter nursing, I never imagined how much ass I'm gonna wipe. And I never saw myself when I was looking back when I was a little kid and like thinking back like what I wanted to do growing up and my ideas and fantasies as a kid. Never have I ever thought about wiping this much ass in my life. <laughs> Yeah. How so? Uh, <laughs> uh, I love everything about the, the ass wiping. <laughs> um, so, like, how did you? How so? How did you guys get into nursing? Like, what? I think I'm, I, Matt, you and I talked about. It. I'm just curious since you you just brought that up. Uh, like, so, like, what? What ultimately led for you to uh, to get to jump into the nursing uh, game, if you will? Um, nursing was like, well, initially I wanted to like become a doctor, but then school that much school was is wasn't gonna work out for me. I just can't be in school for that long. And then I thought about being like a police officer, but then my parents were, I was also born in Poland. My parents grew up in Poland during like communistic times and my grandparents and all that. So they kind of pushed me away from that because they always saw the law as like somebody trying to take advantage of you. They don't think about it that way here, but back in Poland, that's kind of how it was. So they kind of pushed me away from that. And I always wanted to help people. So I kind of entered nursing. Like my sister was in a hospital uh, for a few days and that kind of showed me like what nurses actually do. That was my first kind of, viewpoint of like what the nursing job entails and I always enjoyed how like they took care of patients and were just so empathetic and just were there like taking care of business but also communicating with you explaining the, the process what they're going to do and also do, doing those things and it's kind of why I first went into nursing just to help people and then why we went to podcasting because I figured I could help people on like a larger scale and that's kind of why I went to podcasting now while we're doing all these other things for the most part yeah. I always want to help you I, I, always, I always wanted to feel valuable and I always wanted to get that feeling of, hey, I'm here doing something that's benefiting you. That kind of motivation. Yeah. Have you, how long have you guys known each other? Have you guys like, known each other your whole lives? Yeah, we know ourselves our whole lives. Yeah, we went to great school together. boys, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Yeah, we, we know each other for like a long, since like the first, second grade. Because we grew up in the same neighborhood, we went to the same school, and we yeah. just never lost contact. Like yeah. my parents moved to the suburbs, and yeah. and maybe we, you and I, lost contact for like maybe a few months, and then we just randomly, found, like randomly, wound up talking to each other. Again. Yeah, we just start. We just played video yeah. games back in the day because we couldn't hang out, and then uh, it's kind of funny. We somehow both landed into nursing, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah. That's wild. Yeah, we yeah. did our application letters together at NCHA. We tried to get into the same school. Yeah. We had, we had a, our first goal was to, you know, it's trying to get into the same university. Uh, we didn't due to, like, uh, distance and stuff. And then we were like, let's try to get a land in the same hospital job. We didn't land in the same hospital job. So we're just like, like, shit, we're trying to, like, because we always like spending time with each other because we're always, you know, we're always doing some cool shit. So it's like, why don't we bring it to work? It'll be, it'll be fun. Let's make work funner. And yeah. we just never could land that. And then Travelers came up and we're like, damn, this is like our chance. Yeah, this it was. Because every time we try to work together or try to, work on a project together, something in the world would, would break it apart, you know, and then travel nursing somehow put it together and, yeah. and it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Yeah, got it. That's cool. That's, just, I, that's a super cool story. 
uh, you guys should you guys should talk more about that. Share. Well, maybe you have. I and I'm I haven't seen it on an episode, but that that's that's a super cool story. Yeah, yeah, I found out for like over the years that not a lot of people have these kind of relationships. Like people don't have yeah. friends for like twenty years or twenty five years. You know, yeah. it's very very fortunate. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to that. I guess we yeah. gotta create an episode about that, Justin. Thank you for the great idea. Yeah. Uh, Justin, yeah. where can yeah. people yeah. find you? Oh, I'm I'm out here in the world uh, online, of course, uh, on on Instagram um, and uh, at Ju- Justin Allison. However, uh, uh, that is uh, the L's are are the number one, so the number eleven um, on LinkedIn. I'm huge on LinkedIn, Instagram, as far as like my personal. I guess brand, uh, which is a direct connection, obviously, to podcasts and company and everything. But uh, Instagram and LinkedIn for sure. Uh, YouTube channel for the podcast that I host, uh, Behind the Scrubs. So you can check us out there. And you know, we obviously uh, do all video, uh, full video episodes, and then push publish the audio to you know Spotify and um, Apple, all the all the major uh, platforms, SoundCloud, etc. So uh, that's Behind the Scrubs podcast. You can check us out there. Uh, lead health staff company uh leadhealthstaff.com you can connect us there um but you know online social media it's it's a new year in time and so uh you know i uh, would love to love to you know connect um just continue building a community you know can build, building our community and you know uh it's uh, uh something I, you know i'm super passionate about and you know i love i'm grateful you know obviously for for being uh you know being involved in this in terms of the healthcare staffing and you know travel nursing world but yeah um, so, so social media online, Justin Allison or behind the scrubs podcast or lead health staff, our company. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you Justin. so much, Justin. We'll link everything in the show notes. See you on the next episode of anything. Take care, man. See you, man. Yeah, yeah no, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for having me on.